Thank you for joining us as we elevate the Black entrepreneur experience by interviewing CEOs, thought leaders, innovative thinkers, and Black entrepreneurs across the globe. I'm your host, Dr. Frances Richards. Our next guest is helping other formerly incarcerated people escape the odds by transforming convicts into entrepreneurs. Welcome, Aaron Smith. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Francis, for having me on. I appreciate it. And what we're going to do so we can have a really clean audio when I'm talking, when I ask you a question, you notice I'll put you on, um, I'll go on mute so the um, quality will be really good. So I've given our audience such a brief bio. Why don't you fill in the gaps and share with our audience what you'd like them to know about you and your company? Okay, great. Thank you. Can you hear me well? It's coming in great. Okay, perfect. Um, Born and raised on the south side of Chicago. Um, youngest of five children, always been an entrepreneur. Um, education was really valued in our, in our household, I, although I kind of went the, not kind of, I went the wrong route. Um, eventually led, led in prison um, at the age of 25 years old, 25 years old. But prior to that, I um, got a bachelor's degree in business management. So as I said, I always had and that for entrepreneurship and education. Um, but during that time, it's just that I just succumbed to what was outside of my door. Um, and unfortunately, I, I used my hustling ambition, pushing the wrong product, if you will. Um, but once I was released, I realized, um, well, actually, before I was released, I made a plan to come home and do something different with my life um, and actually utilize my uh, my business degree for something positive, and I decided to start a podcast. That was my first venture into entrepreneurship. I never knew anything about a podcast, but I did know that it was pretty relatively cheap to uh, actually start one. And I wanted to be able to tell the stories of men and women who were formerly incarcerated, but were now successful entrepreneurs. And so that was like my my first step into entrepreneurship, which led to the trucking company, which I now. Um, have which I have a couple of trucks and been doing that for about a year now called U-Turn Transport. And talk about um, now is your podcast still running? And if it is, tell us how we could listen to it. Yes, absolutely. It's in its third season um, and it's on every pretty much every platform that podcast can be heard. Um, over 70 stories of uh, men and women who were once in a criminal justice system, but now are kind of doing anything from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Why don't you share with our audience one of the most, I know that there's many, but one that really stands out, one of your most profound stories. Uh, yes, uh, a gentleman by the name of Ed Hennings uh, was born and raised out of Milwaukee, and he was sentenced to 40 years incarcerated uh, for a felony murder out of Wisconsin. Um, but he had this can-do attitude, um, although he had you know, committed this heinous crime and was eventually released um, five years ago, I believe. Um, he came out, and he was able to start a trucking company, such as myself. Um, he has about five trucks now, and just and also a motivational speaker on top of that. And so he's, he's doing some of the same things that I'm doing, just kind of making sure that the men and women um, who are not only been to prison or been, to, been through the system 
know that they can do something else, but also men and women who um, haven't been and just want to be able to motivate and kind of push people to be their best selves. And Aaron, what is the key for individuals not becoming repeat offenders? Education. I would say uh, for me, I had to unlearn some things, but I also had to re-educate myself on some things. Um, A big indicator of someone who uh, may go back to prison and recidivate, as they call it. You can look and look at a person's um, educational jacket. What, what what were they doing uh, while they were incarcerated or while they were out? Um, it's a, it's a signal that uh, he or she uh, was going to potentially fall back into that lifestyle or was not, and so that's that's probably the biggest the biggest key for someone um, not to uh, return to that kind of lifestyle is to educate themselves and do something differently. Someone's listening to the podcast and they were formerly incarcerated and they're an entrepreneur or they're interested in being on your podcast. How would they connect with you in reference to that? Well, I could be reached at um, escapingtheoddspodcast at gmail.com. And what I like to do is um, just have a discussion with that person uh, just to see if they're a fit or even if they may feel like they may not be a fit for my podcast. So just being able to have a, a, a just a regular dialogue and just kind of see if um, this is something that they want they would like to do. Because uh, believe it or not, some people, and I've, I've had this happen, where um, they may not be comfortable talking about their past. And one thing about my podcast, we're authentic and transparent. And so um, that, that's one of the requirements. Talk about starting the um, trucking company. How did you raise the capital for that? Well, thankfully, um, I went through an entrepreneurial program that was specialized in kind of helping men and women who were formerly incarcerated um, become entrepreneurs and in the Chicago area. And so I, uh, I went through this program. But this is probably about a year before I actually was going to start the trucking company. I was pretty much just kind of sharpening up my entrepreneurial skills and just wanted to build up my social capital capital through this course. and But when I was ready, I was able to uh, build a relationship with the uh, program directors, and I reached back out like, hey, you know, I want to start this trucking company, but I don't have the capital. I don't have some money saved up. Um, I didn't want to utilize all of the cash that I had on um, this, this endeavor, but I did, of course, use some of it. Um, so, yeah, so I was able to um, get a loan for my first truck, which was relatively easy. Um, the company is a, a community, kind of a banking um, lending institution. And so the underwriting um, standards were, were not as high as, say, a, a large institution, which, um, which allowed me to, to get along without a problem. What is something that we should know about the trucking industry that we don't know if someone's interested in starting um, a trucking business? Well, I would say one of the first things just from an income standpoint is that um, it's easy or or, or not make about seven to eight thousand dollars per week gross. And I think that most people may look at truck drivers and say, oh, you know, um, it's kind of a, a blue-collar blue collar, um, industry, and they may not realize how lucrative that career can be. 
What is something that you wish you knew before starting your business? Um, how difficult it can be in actually finding talented drivers. Now, do you find that this was um, before COVID or this is just always um, in the trucking industry? It's hard to find good drivers. Well, I, I had I started my, my business after COVID, so I couldn't speak to that. Um, I think it's just uh, people. I don't know. I, I just I think people some people just don't want to don't want to work. Um, I, I don't know what else to really put, pretty much attach it to outside of that. So can, so fill in the blank. Thank you, pandemic, because. Uh, that's a great one. Uh, <laughs> uh, for giving us, seeing opportunities where there weren't opportunities before. If you lost everything in 30 days and you had, if you lost everything and you had to rebuild in 30 days, what industry would you go into and why? And actually starting and operating your company and you start making money right away. Once I deliver that load, um, I'm able to utilize a factoring company and I'll get paid within the next 24 hours. And that load can be two to $3,000. And you do that a few times a week and you're, you should be back in the situation, or at least headed in the back, uh, right situation. After 30 days, for sure. And then with the um, high cost of gas prices, mm -hmm. do you think it's still a lucrative um, industry to go into? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, just, of course, just have to uh, just manage your, manage your revenue um, a little bit more, you know, prudent, be prudent with it. Uh, but that kind of comes down to making sure that you're taking the right loads. And it just kind of comes with experience to know which loads to kind of stay away from and which areas to stay away from, too. You know, you may want to stay away from the West Coast where, you know, there's mountains on the East Coast because you're going to be using more fuel. Um, heavier loads may cause for more fuel as well. So just um, keeping that, keeping those kind of things in mind. But you, you learn that after you've been out there for a while or uh, you at least had someone with experience kind of give you the game on it. And who mentored you in the trucking industry? Well, thankfully, um, I worked for a, uh, a freight broker for three years uh, once I was released. I've been home about three and a half years. So my first job was with a freight broker as a dispatcher. And so I was able to learn the game from a broker's, the broker's standpoint. But outside of that, um, outside of that, really, I would say... Um, a good friend of mine, he started a trucking company right before I did. So he was able to kind of give me like the hands-on from a driver's standpoint. But I um, I, I can really give the, the credit to just working at the uh, freight broker as, a, as an employee, as a dispatcher. That kind of really, really helped me understand the industry. We want to thank our audience for joining. And again, we have um, Aaron Smith. And what he is doing is actually transforming convicts into entrepreneurs. And so if you have a question for Aaron, don't hesitate to let us know and we'll, we'll um, take your questions. Aaron, I want you to have a monologue and I want you to name this person living or not. And they have inspired you so much. 
Name the person and what are you saying to that person? Um, I would I would say my uh, my brother, who's uh, he, he's he passed been almost seventeen years now. We were thirteen months apart. Um, and he, he was killed in Chicago, and I would just say that um, you know a lot of things that we wanted to do coming up. Um, as youth and just kind of being the best that we can be with, with what we knew. Um, I'm thankful to kind of have a, a second chance in life, although your life was taken short. Um, I'm making an attempt to do all the things that we both wanted to do uh, out of this great life that I have. Aaron, talk to a younger you. What advice would you give to a younger you? Uh, one big word, confidence. Um, just going after just believing Believing in myself, um, I didn't. I didn't believe in myself as much as I should have uh, while I was, you know, younger. Uh, so definitely, just just go out there, and just live adventurous, and um, fail fast and fail forward, and pick yourself back up, and just kind of keep doing it until you uh, become successful, and um, not not be concerned with what other people may think. You talked about failing fast and pick yourself back up. Let's talk about failure. Mm-hmm. Talk about your worst moment in business and what was your takeaway? Um, I don't know if it was my worst moment in business, but I would say that it definitely was a was a setback. Uh, my driver, he had an accident in one of my vehicles, so we were we were down for a while, and um, you know, I had it, it allowed for me to kind of pivot and, and think of alternative ways where we can kind of keep the business going, although um, I had to spend more money to kind of keep the business going, but I had to rent another vehicle and still had to satisfy uh, my contract. But nevertheless, I was able to continue to build that relationship with that particular broker, although I wasn't profitable, the relationship that I was building, um, because I, I was still able to produce and uh, service that service that customer. Um I think what really showed um, resilience and 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 myself and just kind of what what I wanted to uh, accomplish and also just that that customer service as well. Um, I could have easily said, "Hey, you know, I'm not able to do it because of this, this, and that," but I was able to still pull pull through the contract. What is the best advice you were ever given? Uh, I've been given a whole lot of great advice. Um, uh, I would just say to do what, do what you're passionate about. Um, don't chase the money. Um, it'll come to you. You know, uh, you want to make your work uh, something that you enjoy, and just do that, and um, the, the funds will come. And to network uh, with the right people that can put you in the right rooms. But once you get into those rooms, just know what you know, so you can so you can stay in those rooms. I want you to talk to a um, a person that has just started their trucking business. Do they need to um, get on with a broker or several brokers? How does that work for them? Yeah, um, I, w- I would say um, to start off before you even purchase a truck, um, depending on what kind of, like if you want to go and jump into the box truck industry, which is, a non-CDL commercial kind of a vehicle, uh, depending on the weight that you want to um, haul or 
how big the truck is. So we're going to talk about that. Um, I would say, first and foremost, check out our course uh, that we produce, which is a comprehensive uh, box truck training course that can kind of give you the game A to Z. Um, but on top of that, just kind of know, first and foremost, what areas you want to haul in, what kind of freight you want to haul in, um, and have more than, of course, have more than one broker. But I would, I would even look for shippers and distributors in my area or across the country that I can haul for directly. And I think that oftentimes new, new operators, they, they think, oh, well, I can just go to the load board and I can get some of these loads. But you're thinking like that along with a million other people. So it's best to um, try to lock in a relationship with the manufacturer so you can, so you can move directly for them. Um, but a great, great starting point is, again, the course that we've uh, put together, which you're able to leverage my experience and a good friend of mine's experience as well, who has about four trucks right now. And if someone is interested in your course, how would they connect? How would they, um, you know, connect for the course? Yeah, they can go to my website, escapingtheodds.com, and there's a tab uh, that says box trucks. And we'll take you to the link and we'll be able to kind of learn everything you, you want to know about the uh, course. It's an on-demand course. And just, just simply order it and you're in, you're in the class. And every week we hold weekly Zooms um, just to kind of have a learning environment where you can ask the courses that you need to ask every week. Well, not every week, probably three out of four weeks. We have on an industry professional, a person that's... Like, for instance, we had an insurance broker on, we had a freight broker on, uh, people in the industry that you need to know and to connect with. And so we just try to make make it um, as easy as possible to create a pipeline so you can actually get on the road to success and start your trucking company with a box truck. What is the best decision you made as a leader? Hmm. The best decision I made as a leader was to involve um, other people and, and to learn how to delegate, I would say, and to think about, put other people in with, with opportunities, um, not only just thinking about myself, but ways that other people can actually um, can either start a business or start a career and um, take care of themselves and their, and their families. Aaron, let's talk about legacy. When it's all said and done, how do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembering someone who um, definitely um, pulled himself up by his bootstraps, um, a man of faith who put God first, um, integrity in all his business decisions and um, things he did um, while also serving the community through entrepreneurship, uh, giving people second chances or another chance as I was given a second chance at life um, through my my own transgressions. Aaron, there are so many brands and businesses that are dominating. Talk about a brand or a business that's dominating that you admire and why. Um, I would say Apple. I think most people know the Apple brand. Um, I admire their brand because of the ecosystem that they created. Um, it's kind of hard to do anything outside of the, the Apple, the Apple brand once you get caught in this web. Um, and I think that was very, um, very genius of the founders and 
yeah, that, that the company will be around for a while just because they, they make a great product, but also it's, it's, the switchability is hard. With the company, it's hard to kind of take your Apple product somewhere else and somewhere else and kind of, so yeah, I would say that they did a great job at designing and just making it hard for you to, to switch somewhere else. Aaron, talk about being a, um, a black male that have that was once formerly incarcerated, having a second chance. Someone is listening to you, listening to this um, podcast, and they were just released. Give them hope. Yeah, uh, it can be done, for sure. Um, don't listen to the naysayers. Um, you have to just you know put your head down and just uh, have a plan. Have a plan. Um, stick to it. Focus, focus, focus. Uh, spend time around like-minded people, people that are um, going in the direction that you want to go. Um, that's conducive um, to, to to where you want to be in life, and that's important. Uh, your network is your net worth. I learned that early on to um, build up my social capital, and I would tell anyone that you know just to um, if you have an idea or you just even if you just you get coming home from incarceration, you just wanna just wanna work a job. Um, you know you have to. You may not be the smartest, right? But you 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 can out hustle um, most people in that room. You have to show people that uh, you have to make people comfortable. So sometimes you have to disarm people, um, and I think that was that's what made me um, successful in my own way and what I'm doing. Although I have a long way to go, but nevertheless, um, it, it can be done. It definitely can be done. It takes a whole lot of focus and applying yourself. And I know it's cliche, but just not giving up. Um, every day that you, you wake up, you put one foot forward and you continue to kind of walk towards your dreams, your destiny, and doors open up. And people will want to help you once they see you helping yourself. What do you need right now that you don't have to move the needle forward? Um, I'm really big on um, like social media. Um, I think putting together a stronger social media team would be great. And I think that can, can assist and amongst other things, but that's probably one of the main things that kind of really helped me push the, push the needle a little bit forward, just kind of having the right or the proper uh, social media team outside of just myself and one other person to kind of to help push the brand forward. And I'm talking of Escaping the Odds brand. Yeah, the podcast media company. So what's next for you? Uh, what's next for me is the fourth season for Escaping the Odds um, on, the, on the media front. Uh, continue to get the stories out uh, with men and women such as myself who are formerly incarcerated and um, making their way as, as successful entrepreneurs. Um, as far as trucking, U-turn transport, um, continuing to build out a fleet and bringing on more men and, our, and women who are formerly incarcerated and eventually um, opening up the first black-owned school in the Chicagoland area where we're going to um, target or make formerly incarcerated people our priority. Um, so it's, it's expect that within the next few years and continue to scale our uh, box truck program, which has been doing pretty well, but um, giving men and women opportunity to be on operators with the right education and the right connection. That's what we're doing with our box truck course. 
And what made you decide to produce the course? Well, I knew that I couldn't get 100, 100 trucks right away and put people in it, but I knew that education and social media and, and, and content is king nowadays. And I realized that um, we could put together a, a pretty decent uh, piece of uh, education uh, with my experience and instructor's experience, Ed Hennings, um, that we can really touch a lot of lives with it and we can scale uh, much quicker. It's easy to sell a hundred of these box truck courses opposed to purchasing a hundred trucks and giving people an opportunity. So we felt it was a it was still an opportunity for people to be to get in the industry and to potentially be successful in the industry with the right education and uh, that's what we want to do and so um, that's what we're doing and happy to have um, envisioned it with uh, one of my partners, Stretch Finance and Ed Hennis and we was able to to put what was in our heads on paper and eventually um, put it together, and we have a great product. We want to thank the audience for listening in, and if they have a question for Aaron Smith, um, let us know, or even myself, let us know. Let's take a snapshot of the last 30 days, and what was your biggest win? My biggest win last 30 days was... um, hmm. Um, approaching a nonprofit here in the Chicago area uh, who works with um, individuals who are formerly incarcerated or justice involved and convincing them that our box truck course um, is a viable um, career path. And they were able to purchase a, a sizable amount of uh, courses for their population. And it just gave us what we were doing, like credibility and you know some credence that that we were, where we were on the right track. Here we had a an established nonprofit who was in the space of uh, career development, uh, really believed in what we were doing, and decided to uh, take a chance and 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 they did so, and we were thankful for that. And how do you celebrate your wins? I need to do better at it. <laughs> Normally, uh, I'm so ambitious. I'm often I'm, I'm on to the next thing. And I've just been learning to um, accept accept the congratulations as well, you know. Um, but as of right now, um, I, don't, I don't say I I wouldn't say I, that I don't, but I um, I kind of just stay focused and and, and kind of move to the next thing. And I'm getting better at not doing that. But as of right now, that's kind of like what I'm doing. And what drives you every day to continue doing what you're doing? Uh, I just want to, you know, make my mom proud. You know, I uh, must, I put my mom through a lot. Uh, she's been through a lot. And just being able to um, put a smile on her face. And despite almost a decade incarcerated, I can come home and I can do something different. And she can say that she's proud that, um, you know, look at my son now, you know. Um, so that's my biggest, my biggest driver. And... Talk about becoming Aaron Smith. How did you become Aaron Smith? Um, through a lot of trial and error. Um, just being able to uh, just learn myself, um, learn the thing, be uncomfortable with what I um, what I realized about myself, and wanting to change those things and become a better person and 
not being concerned with what other people think. Um, although that's that's still um, could be a challenge, I think for all of us, but especially uh, for me. Um, and yeah, just kind of pushing forward and just keeping that ambition, that spark, and um, just one one to be successful again for the for the sake of just kind of uh, my own legacy and you know my uh, my mom can again say that she's proud of her son. What is the one thing that you do? that impacts people's lives? Um, I'm a storyteller, you know, um, through my podcast. Uh, I get, I received countless emails and letters on how um, hope that I provided through these stories um, of redemption and uh, transformation and entrepreneur entrepreneurship. Um, so hope through those things. Uh, through my podcast and media company, that's how it started. But now I'm, I'm providing impact through actual um, employment for 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 some of these men and women. Thank you for that. And we do have a caller. We're going to take the next caller. Okay, next caller. Unmute yourself, caller. Hi, folks. Hey, Lance. Yeah, I just saw the headline, and uh, my goal. Is, I'm just in the beginning stages, but my goal is to start a worker co-op i'm gonna actually when i get all my eyes dotted and t's crossed i'm gonna send the idea to chris hedges and see if he'd give me moral support and help put the word out or something uh but i want it to be run by you know con ex con you know people that were formerly incarcerated so like oh. right, last I, I didn't hear the first some of the first thing you said I always, I always oh co-op. i don't know if you guys know who chris hedges is yeah, you, you you're breaking up. You mentioned he, you mentioned he, a co-op he and Chris Hedge. Yeah, you said. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Can you he hear was, me now? Yeah, we can. What what I'm gonna do is mute and Aaron, let's mute so we could see if we could get um hear what Chris is. I mean, what Lance is saying. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I'm I'm in the not really in the process, but I've just got notes taken and I'm just doing a little research on it. I don't I don't know how to really put it forth, but I want to start a like a worker co-op. Uh, but I want it to be, uh, you know, run and, you know, owned and everything else of, uh, of, you know, prisoner of ex prisoners. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to approach Chris Hedges at some point to see if he's interested in, you know, giving me some kind of moral support for it. Cause he, of course he teaches at Rutgers and is, you know, one of the main things he talks about, of course, is mass incarceration and prison reform and everything. Um, that is awesome. Aaron, do you have something that you want to contribute? Thank you for that, Lance. Yeah, Lance. Yeah, I just saw the headline. I thought I'd just mention that. I don't, I don't know how to go about it. I got a lot of notes. I'm doing a little research, but I'm, I'm going to try to put that together someday. No, I, I, um, Lance, thank you for that. Uh, we need more people thinking along those lines. Uh, I really appreciate your, um, the, the calls that you want to push after. Um, I think that, um, Employers and societies need to understand that, <coughs> I'm sorry, men and women who were formerly incarcerated can really lend, um, you know, valuable insight and just, you know, um, can be great workers and, and, and bosses as well. And so I think uh, what you'll be producing is uh, something that can kind of live on forever and give the men and women hope um, they are returning back to society that they can potentially be a part of this co-op and give them purpose in life. So uh, thank you for that. In any way I can assist with it, I'm, I'm more than happy to. I don't know this gentleman, Chris Hedge, but he sounds like a really smart guy, um, and I think you're on the right track. 
Yeah, I'll I'll follow you and I'll send you info when I have something concrete, you know, uh, to to that's kind of a in in some kind of first draft form. Um, it's really a morphed idea. I've I've had the idea of doing a, a NF you know NFPC you know five four zero one C three, um, that would be kind of a, a start out as a limited coffee shop and then it would morph into selling agricultural New York State product, et cetera, et cetera. So I have an idea of the type of business, but the framework has changed and morphed into what I what I want to do now, which would be maybe partly work a co-op and partly uh, just a regular nonprofit kind of, you know, working together. Uh, the first phase being the work of co-op and then incorporating people outside of just the prisoners thing and hopefully, you know, eventually expand it. But anyway, I'll, I'll keep you posted. Uh, if once I get something concrete in some form, I'll, I'll you know, I'll follow you on the, on here and then send you something. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you for listening, Lance. Lance, we appreciate that. And then um, the best way... Um, Lance also well, thank to connect you. with Aaron. Yeah, connecting with Aaron would be escapingtheodds.com. Um, oh, okay. Escapingtheodds.com is the best way to reach Aaron Smith. Um, so I just want to make sure and and do you know do connect and um, and he's willing to help and that is very noble what you want to do. So thank you so much for listening and chiming in and sharing your vision. Thank you. Aaron, I want to ask you, if you could spend time with one person, living or not, who would you have dinner with and why? Oh, wow. You have some great questions. Um, Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela. Um, And the reason why... um, his story is, is similar to mine, meaning talking about incarceration, 27 years in uh, apartheid, South South Africa prison system is, is, is no joke. Um, but then being released and becoming the president of the very country that incarcerated you kind of reminds you of the Joseph story in the Bible. Um, and yeah, just, just being able to to kind of hear those stories of um uh, like, like, how do you how do you keep your mind and your, and your sanity during those times, and, and so focused where you, you you come home and without hate and just wanting to um, change the whole landscape and, and doing so. So uh, Nelson Mandela would be that person that I definitely would love to um, sit down and have dinner with and pick his brain. That would be awesome, Aaron. Talk about self care. What does self care look like to you? Um, something I need to do more of, <laughs> but, um, yeah, just kind of making sure that you're mentally, uh, together and sound, um, uh, physically, uh, so that you can, you know, do the things that you want to do in life. Uh, I'm a true believer that health is wealth. Um, you can have all of the wealth in the world, but if your health isn't, you know, on point, then it's, um, it's worthless. And so uh, self-care is a part of yeah, your health, health, well-being. So making sure that you're, um, you're, you're doing the things you need to do to just to kind of make sure that you're, uh, you, you can live the next day the best day. Talk about mental health and managing your business. Um, you know, just being in business itself can, can take a toll on your, on your mental um on your mental health, just um, the stress and the emotions just kind of um, kind of warped up into 
yeah, just running, just running your day to day of your company. Uh, just being able to, I'm sorry about that. Uh, just being able to, um, just to stay focused. Um, and those little small voices that kind of come in your head and tell you to quit. Um, just, just kind of working past that and knowing that, um, that God's giving you, um, a passion and a purpose. And that purpose, uh, maybe that very thing that He put in your spirit to, um, to put out there. And so keeping your mental together is, uh, is very important. And so, um, it's something that I, um, I try to do. Um, but to be honest with you all, uh, oftentimes, you know, um, in our community, you know, mental health is looked at as, um, it's not one of our, our focal points as it should be. We want to thank our audience for joining. And if anyone has a question for Aaron Smith, don't hesitate to let us know. Aaron, what feeds your soul? What feeds my soul? Um, I think just waking up every day, um, knowing that God has gave me an opportunity to um, do something different and constructive and positive with my life and to be able to have impact and to be able to um, be successful and take care of myself and family and uh, to assist other people in doing the same thing. Um, I'm a visionary and, you know, um, being able to to have that vision um, in your most darkest moments. You know, um, and, and coming out on top victoriously is uh, what, what feeds my soul. And what problem exists in the world today that you would like to solve? Um, a lot of problems out here. Uh, I would say that, that I would like to solve um, definitely related to mass incarceration. Um, you know, overzealous uh, prosecutors and um Drug laws that are that are really harsh for first-time offenders or even second-time offenders, um, and just given like men and women that come off from incarceration um, should not be treated as second-class citizens. So um, some of the rights or all the rights that are afforded to someone that hasn't been incarcerated should be afforded to men and women uh, once they're released. And so there should be pipelines set up for those men and women to be successful without any constraints um, by our government or, you know, by uh, different um, agencies uh, throughout throughout the country. And it, it, it shouldn't be an anomaly or it shouldn't be not the norm that uh, this is happening, but it should be um, it, it should just be a given. But it's not. Aaron, give us three truths that you have learned in life or business so far. Uh, three truths. Um, well, one is to be true to yourself, uh, no matter what, no matter what room you're in. Um, and I think the next one kind of goes into um, the first one, just integrity, um, just being able to um, kind of. Just be honest in everything that you're doing. Um, not even like the, yeah, just being honest with, with everything that you're doing. Um, and three, I would say, um, uh, not in this order. Cause I would say just having that, just having that full faith, um, in God. At least that's, that's what works for me. That's, that's, you know, that's some of my truths is being faithful with God and 
knowing that um, the things that he put you through is for a reason, although you may not see it at the time, um, which allows you to uh, have a different perspective. And when you have a different perspective, you're seeing things differently, which allows for you to uh, sometimes change the way that you're thinking. At least, at least that's what happened with me. Aaron, if you conducted this interview, what is the one question you would have asked yourself? I want you to ask the question and answer it. Um, wow. I mean, to be honest with you, you, you really went in depth on the questions that, um, that you're asking. Um, I think, I think you did a good job with that. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't have any questions I would pretty much ask myself that I would have. Thank you for that. Aaron, we've come to the part of our interview. It's called Rapid Round of Fun. I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and I'd like you to give me very quick answers. If there's something you desire not to answer, feel free to say pass. Are you ready for the Rapid Round of Fun? Yeah, that works. Yeah. The last movie you saw? Uh, uh, Molly's, Molly's Game. You relax doing what? Um, just taking a ride. Your favorite singer or rapper? Jay-Z. Your favorite dance song? Um, Uptown Vibes by Fabulous. Your ideal car? Um, I would say a Bentley GT. What food do you eat every week, no matter what? Uh, probably the grilled chicken. Your favorite month? May, my birthday month. Work out or hit the couch? Work out. Aaron Smith, thank you so much for joining us on Black Entrepreneur Experience Podcast Live. Before we let you go, why don't you share with the audience the best way for them to connect with you and to do business with you and feel free to leave all your social media handles. Yep, absolutely. Um, EscapeAnyOds.com is uh, my podcast media company. Uh, I can be reached there or at escapingodspodcast at gmail.com. Um, I can be found on Instagram, Escaping the Odds uh, Media. Um, my personal Instagram is I am underscore Aaron Smith. Uh, LinkedIn, Aaron Smith as well. Uh, don't forget to check out our box truck program, uh, teaching men and women um, from the bottom how to kind of start their, their box truck company from scratch. Um, yeah, and so that's pretty much it. Thank you for having me on. Um, great interview and great time. Thank you, Aaron. That's a wrap, and we want to thank all of our listeners for joining us, and you can always tune in to Black Entrepreneur Experience Podcast Live. We appreciate you, and make it a great day.